Hello and welcome to the Effective Living Podcast, a podcast for ideas, strategies, insights, and conversations, all focused on how to live a more effective and a more prosperous life. Once again, I'm your host, Nathaniel Nunziante, and in today's podcast, we're going to talk about how you can get more done in less time. As you know, this podcast is all about effectiveness, and if you want to talk about effectiveness, you have to also talk about efficiency. Being efficient means being able to get the most out of the energy you expend, working smarter so you don't have to work harder in order to get more done. This doesn't mean we can eliminate hard work, so don't, don't hear what I'm not saying, but we don't really get frustrated because work is hard. We get frustrated because we don't get enough from our hard work. That's a matter of efficiency, and there are ways to improve efficiency so we can get more done in less time with ultimately less effort. It's important to understand that efficiency is a balancing act between speed, quality, and energy. So imagine a triangle. At the top point, you have the quality of what you're going to produce. At the lower left point, you have the time that it's going to take you to produce it. And at the lower right point, you have the amount of energy required. Now, conventional thinking says that if you maximize any of these two points, it will cost you the third. So something that is very high quality and also done fast, well, that will cost a lot of energy. And something that requires very little energy but is still high quality, well, that will cost a lot of time. And something that requires very little energy and very little time will also come out being very low quality. Now, this is a a very similar triangle to the triangle used by salesmen and marketers to explain value. And it works the same way, but the third point is not energy in that triangle. It's the price. So think about it. You have price, speed, and quality, right? So if you want something done fast and at high quality, it'll have a high price. If you want something done at a low price that's also high quality, well, then it won't be done fast. And if you want something done fast and also having a low price, well, that will be low quality. Now, in a lot of ways, energy and price can be thought of as the same kind of thing. After all, Energy is a finite resource that we possess, just like money. Energy is spent deliberately, more or less, in different arenas, just like money. And just like money, if you're smart about how you spend your energy, you can make the same amount go a lot further. And that is really at the heart of what this episode is about, maximizing the efficiency of how you spend your energy so you can get the most out of it. And I'm going to give you the same framework that I have used to become extraordinarily efficient and productive, so much so that I am able to complete tasks three to four times faster than what would be expected, and all the while using the same amount or even less energy than I used to use when performing those same tasks. And amazingly, not only did my speed increase, but so did the quality of the tasks themselves. And that's because I'm more efficient, I'm more focused, I'm less tired, and so the quality of my work itself also improved. 
But before we get into the framework, we need to first understand the three different kinds of energy that we all possess. We don't just experience the world physically. We also experience it mentally and emotionally. This means that at any given time, we are spending a portion of our mental energy, our emotional energy, or our physical energy. Now, a rest will generally renew all three, although there are different kinds of rest for each. But the more engaged we are in any of these three areas, the more quickly we tire in that area. That means that if you want to be able to do more, one of two things has to happen. You either need to get stronger or you need to figure out a way to make the thing you're trying to do lighter. And by lighter, I mean not as weighty. You have to make it cost less energy when carrying it out. Now, firstly, I want to say that it's always a good idea to get stronger. Building mental, emotional, or physical strength and fortitude is something you should always be doing. And there are a lot of ways to do that. But the focus of this episode, again, is not on getting stronger. This episode is about how we make the things we're trying to do lighter, how we make things less weighty, how we make ourselves able to last longer so you can expend the same amount of energy but get more done, and usually in less time. And this idea can be applied to all three kinds of energy, right? This idea can be applied to the way we expend physical energy, the way we expend mental energy, and emotional energy. So how do we do this? Well, what we need to do is work on efficiency of energy. And to understand the framework for my solution, it's important that we better understand the problem, okay? So let's talk about the problem for a second. Let's answer the question, why are we all so inefficient to begin with? <laughs> for a long time, I didn't even know how inefficient I was. I didn't realize how much more I could be, how much more productive, how much more efficient. But about 10 years ago, I stumbled onto an epiphany that completely changed the way I thought about energy. And that's what led me to the framework on how to maximize the efficiency of my energy. So let me tell you a quick story. I was building a soundproof control room in my production studio so we could use it for recording. The room was being constructed from scratch, and I was actively studying how to best minimize the sound transmission through the walls because I wanted the room to be as soundproof as possible. Now, I had thought the best thing to do was just make a really dense, really thick, solid wall. I figured that would be the best way to stop sound from getting through, and I, I was partly right. I mean, a thick and dense wall will do a pretty good job of stopping sound. But then I discovered the strangest thing. I was reading a book on sound transmission and the way acoustic waves work, and I found out that two six-inch walls that are separated by a little gap would do a better job of stopping sound than one solid wall that was 15 inches thick. And this was very surprising to me. Why would two thinner walls be better than one really thick wall? It made no sense at first until I learned something about how sound waves work. Sound waves are just energy waves. They are literally ripples of energy that vibrate through the air. 
the same way that ripples on water would, would radiate through water. They're just invisible and happening all around us. And when they are vibrating in the air, they are in the form of acoustic energy. So it's literally called acoustic vibration. But the moment that those acoustic waves, right, that acoustic energy hits a physical object like a wall, the energy changes forms from acoustic energy into what's called mechanical energy. And then that mechanical energy or mechanical vibration is what vibrates through the physical object or through the wall. But then when it gets to the other side, right, when it travels through the wall mechanically, it turns back to acoustic vibration and vibrates in the air once again on the other side of the wall. Now, the sound having to convert and travel through the wall like that, it dissipates a lot of its energy. So the sound that turns acoustic on the other side of that wall, it's not nearly as loud as it was when it started because of how much energy was lost into the wall, right? And the thicker the wall, the more energy that dissipates, so the more sound is lost. Now, up until this point, everything made sense to me and nothing surprised me, right? It all was logical. I, I, so I still didn't understand why would two walls be better at getting rid of energy than one thick one, right? Won't the sound dissipate more in one big wall than in two small walls? And that's, that's the moment when I learned the attribute of energy that changed everything. When energy has to convert from one form to another, it costs some of its energy in the change. That's why the two walls did a better job. It's because of that pocket of air between them. What's happening is the pocket of air forces the energy to change back and forth from mechanical to acoustic multiple times over and over again instead of just going back and forth once that it would in, in, in one wall. It has to do it multiple times, and each time it changes from acoustic back to mechanical back to acoustic, it costs more and more of the energy. So by the time the energy gets to the other side, the other room, it's lost even more energy than it would have if it was just going through one wall. And then it all made sense to me. I suddenly realized why I sometimes get so fatigued so quickly. It wasn't just the workload itself, or I wasn't just extra tired. It wasn't always like the one emotional stress or the one physical activity. It was the changing. It was the constant changing of gears from one activity to the next. And whether this was mo mental, emotional, or physical, when you change gears, it costs some of your energy. So if you're switching back and forth or multitasking, right, you're going to fatigue more quickly. This is why interruptions and distractions are such big problems, because the stop and go that they cause eats up some of your energy. So let's just focus today on mental energy, right? Because that's where I think most of us have the most need for more efficiency, whether at work or at home or just dealing with other humans in any form. If we can get our mental energy to go further, right? If we can make the burden that we're lifting mentally lighter, we can accomplish more before we fatigue in less time. And that will revolutionize our day-to-day -day experience. That's what it did for me. So how do we currently spend our mental energy? What is the currency 
of our mental energy. We spend it in the form of attention. Think of that phrase that our parents used thousands of times, right? Pay attention. Pay more attention. Why don't you pay attention? It's really a phrase that's very aptly named because attention is a commodity. It's this finite measure, unlimited supply of energy that renews each day after mental rest, and it's something that we have to pay in order to use. It's a resource. It's a limited resource. In fact, when you run out of attention in a day, it's actually called ego depletion. And at that point, you have no more attention left to pay, right? Your bank account's empty. So processing things mentally becomes next to impossible. Have you ever you know, been tired and tried to read something and you read it one, two, three times in a row and you still have no idea what it says, that's ego depletion. You have run out of attention. You have run out of mental energy. Now, we just call it burnout. And when we burn out, a lot of times we get angry at ourselves like we did something wrong, which is a crazy thing to do. It's illogical. When your car runs out of gas, do you get mad at the engine? Like sound waves through a wall. Attention costs energy. Every time you have to shift your attention from one thing to another, you lose some of your valuable energy. In 1908, Henry Ford creates the assembly line for manufacturing, right? And it completely revolutionized the manufacturing process. Instead of one worker constantly switching processes and switching gears and you know, over and over again to build a car, each person would just focus their attention on one task over and over and over again, and they would just move from station to station doing that one task. This method eliminates the wasted time and energy of switching between tasks, and it made the overall process much quicker and actually dramatically reduced human error. Error is more likely to occur when you're distracted And switching constantly from thing to thing, it builds distraction into your workflow. You simultaneously also eliminate any momentum from forming. Momentum that would require you to remain in one mode for a sustained period of time and momentum that would lighten the load of having to constantly pick something up from scratch over and over again. So to be more efficient and productive in less time, You ultimately need to minimize how often you shift your attention. So now, here is the framework that I've used and I still use, and hopefully it helps you get started on being able to accomplish more in less time. If you want to get more done in less time and be more efficient and be more productive, start by doing these five things. Number one. Keep a log of how often you're shifting your attention. You could use a journal. You could use a quick pad, a phone to keep it handy with you when you're at work or at home or really wherever you want to improve your efficiency. And every time you start a task, just jot down the time you started and what task you're doing and then stay focused, right? Now, the moment you get distracted to do anything and you shift your attention on anything else, grab that pad, jot it down and put the time next to it. Then when you get back to your first task, write that down again. And what this will do is it will create a log that shows you how often you're shifting your attention throughout the day. Now, step two, 
after a few days or weeks of doing this, review that list and look for any obvious distractions or interruptions that you can just flat out remove from being in front of you. Take those things out of your view, and then when you're performing those tasks, you'll remove all the triggers for those distractions so they don't happen. Step three, make a list of the kinds of tasks that you're performing regularly, and use a calendar to start blocking out focused time for those tasks. Now, focus time is a block of at least one to two hours, but it's never more than like three hours. And when you arrive at this time, you're going to do your best to remove all distractions from your view, all potential interruptions, and focus only on the task at hand for that period of time. Don't allow yourself to be distracted. Do nothing else. When you're first getting started, you might want to stay closer to an hour, but after some time and you build up some momentum, you'll be able to do this for an hour and a half, two hours, maybe even up to two and a half or three hours. You'll find your sweet spot. But the ability to create focus time in your calendar, show up for it and not be distracted will make you immensely more productive. Step four, you want to start to look at the order you're doing things in. What is the order of priority that you should put your tasks in, right? It's one thing to set up focus time for your task, but you have to ask yourself, what tasks should I be doing first? And this is where I like to borrow the title from Brian Tracy's great book, Eat the Frog. This means that whatever task requires the most energy, right? Whatever task you're not looking forward to doing because of how weighty and heavy it is, whatever task is going to take the most of you, do that task first. The idea here is that if it was your job to eat a frog, eat the frog first thing in the morning and nothing else that day will seem difficult, right? And if it's your job to eat two frogs, eat the big one first and then nothing else will feel difficult. So you always want to try to do the thing that requires the most of you, the most of your mental energy first, because that is the point in the day where you have the most energy in reserve to pay, when you start looking at your tasks this way, it'll become more easy to prioritize what you should do first because your top of the list task items will be the things that you least want to do. But by doing them first, you will make progress more efficiently and get them done more effectively. And step number five, which is perhaps the most important step in the framework, take some time and consider the idea that if all else fails, you're just doing too much. You have to start saying no to things that aren't really important. And that includes the things that you may even really want to do, but they're just not the priority or they should not be the priority right now. Now, this might be really, really hard to do, and it will result in feeling like you're sacrificing experiences or you're missing out on something, but there's simply not enough time in life to do everything that you could potentially do. So it is inevitable that you're going to miss out on some things, most things actually, and that's okay. That's what makes the decisions you make in life so valuable. By deciding to focus on what you focus on, you are giving that thing your valuable time and your invaluable and finite attention. No amount of optimizing the efficiency of your energy is going to solve the problem of asking yourself to do more than you're capable of doing. 
So I don't want you to think that by following this framework, you will magically be able to get everything done that you're imagining yourself being able to do. Instead, I want you to understand that the reason we should want to be more efficient and productive in less time is so we can have more free time for the things that truly matter, not so we can just immediately fill up those things with more work, more busyness, and more items that are going to ultimately require us to have some level of efficiency just to get through them. So let's quickly recap this framework for getting more done in less time. Step one, keep a log of how often you shift your attention for a few days or weeks. Step two, after a little time, review the log and look for any obvious distractions or interruptions that you can flat out remove so they don't trigger more of that gear shifting that's costing you so much energy. Step three, look at a list of all the tasks that you perform regularly and use a calendar to block out focused time for those tasks. You're going to plan at least one or two hours where you're doing nothing else but that task with no distraction. Step four, you need to prioritize the order you should be completing these tasks or projects in. When it comes to energy, I like the eat the frog principle. Whatever tasks are going to take the most of you, the most of your energy, do those first. And step five, take the time you need to consider the idea that you might be doing too much. And start saying no to the things that shouldn't be a priority. And this doesn't just apply to the things others are asking you to do. It also applies to the things you really want to do, but that should not be a priority right now. I've used this framework over the past several years, and it has helped me completely transform my efficiency and my productivity. It's not a shortcut. It's not a hack. The work still needs to be done, and you still need to be disciplined and diligent about doing that work. But by approaching how you plan to spend your energy on projects and on tasks this way, you will find that you will get more done in less time, the quality of work will improve, and you will feel better and less fatigued while you're doing it. Now, just throw into the mix some exercise to make yourself actually stronger and healthier overall, and the sky's the limit. I hope you found this helpful. If you did, please follow and subscribe to the Effective Living Podcast. It's available on all platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or just go to EffectiveLivingPodcast.com. I really want these insights and conversations to help as many people as possible. So please share the podcast on your social media or send it personally right now to a friend or family member who you think might enjoy it. Until next time, stay out of harm's way. I'm Nathaniel Nunziante, and this is the Effective Living Podcast. Podcast.